podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Jamie Carragher and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Cop Eye Podcast. It is Mick and Christian once again. It's a Man City preview show. It feels like we haven't done a one of these shows for for a while. Actually, I think I checked before, like early early November, and we're so used to smashing these shows out and, and really enjoying them. But of course, life gets in the way. But we're back with one of these, and it feels nice to jump back on. Of course, I was going to say minus a whiskey in the end, but. As you can't see, Christian does have one in his hand. I, I don't, unfortunately. But we'll be back with another Drink and Discuss show next week with hopefully with a guest, and then we'll get guests on from that point. Um, but yeah, Man City, because of course the international break came upon us. We got a decent win in the, in the game before it to kind of see us, to make sure the international break was a positive one because you're like, right, we've won the last game. Now we need to go into that City game and look forward to it. And of course, their last game was the four forward Chelsea. So it's it's been a bit of a weird time to properly think about it. And I've I tried not to, um, but as it's obviously approaching and we're getting closer and closer to it, it's I'm filled with excitement and nervousness and equal amount. I think as as I normally do going into these games. But before we get into it properly, I keep I'm rambling on. Christian, how are you, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, if Liverpool can go and actually win away against Man City, and I can get my old car sold next week, uh, it's happy days because I got a new one now for an update for people who <laughs> was there when we discussed on the on the drink and discuss, and I was talking about cars and how much I hate it. But you know, it's one of them things you need in life. So got a new car now. The other one is at the what do you call it? Like getting repaired and, and ready, so I can sell that one. And then if Liverpool win. I will be the happiest man on earth because, you know, it's a fucking stressful thing to deal with cars. I fucking hate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's, all, it's always a problem when, it's, when it goes wrong. I think you just yeah. you just think it's like, it's part of the furniture, isn't it? Like you just go get in it and it's you, you get accustomed to it, but it's only when you don't have it, you're like, this is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've been discussing quite a while before we started recording about like how we're feeling going into this and like looking at the stats and whatever and the stats aren't good reading, to be honest, in terms of Liverpool winning that the Etihad. And it was back in November 2015, so eight years ago since we last won there um, in the league. Anyway, uh, Klopp's first visit to, to the Etihad. But it's it's mad. Like you don't think of that every season when it comes round. You're like, oh, we've got a bad. You know, you've got a, we've got a bad record there. But when you like actually sit down and look at the stats, it is a bit like. It does like diminish your confidence quite considerably. Like I was quite excited, and and you start reading stuff like that, and you're like, I mean, records are there to be broken and whatever, and we've got, we've got to win there at, at, at some point again. Um, and I think, like I said, just been mentioning before, like the way Liverpool ended before the international break and the way they ended, that kind of gave me a lot of like encouragement because they can see the four, and we look like we can 
create stuff and we've got players who can cause a lot of a lot of damage i.e. Darwin Nunes being on fire and has been in an international as well scoring loads of goals but how are you feeling going into this one because it's of course it's a massive one and I think it's our first proper test I think it's like one of them where of course like Klopp 2.0 and Klopp reloaded whatever you want to call it this is at like the first proper like litmus test right but this is the one where if you do and you even if you're I mean, if you offer me a draw now, I'll take it. But like, if you do go and get a win there, and like you do eradicate that horrific um, pattern of games you've had and results against them, it's a massive. It's not only like for the table of going top of the league and, and going above them, but also like just like getting one over them at their place is just like psychologically. It's I think it'd be absolutely huge for the not just for every, not just for the fans, but like the players massively like to make them believe that we're better than them as well and we can we can beat them and similar teams on any given day yeah and especially like you mentioned we haven't won there in the premier league since november 2015 and it just makes me realize like you said it's eight years ago and it's just weird because my eldest daughter was only a couple of months old and obviously she's eight now so it's weird when you put that in perspective how how many years that is but it doesn't feel like it but that's probably because you know, the Champions League, we went there and managed to get a result. And then obviously playing at home, we won a few. So you look at it and don't think that we actually have that bad record that we actually do have <laughs> at that year. So my feeling going now, I'm quite optimistic and excited because, like you mentioned as well, we haven't done it for a long time. But, you know, now we've got like this new team that's been playing well this season. It's loads of new energy going into the game, there's players there who wants to perform and show what they are like with the Sobosly and Gavin Birch and uh, McAllister and Darwin obviously being on fire, like you said as well. Uh, I just feel like, obviously, I don't think, oh, we're going to go there and smash them. You never know, but it's just, I've got a feeling that we can go there and actually give them a game because they struggle, they, they've been struggling a bit lately and their result against Chelsea obviously shows that. Um, and there's a few other results for them this season that had been, you know, they, they, they there's there's been troubles for them like they haven't been as solid or perfect as they usually are um so there's obviously something up for grabs there but i'm i'm with you with if there was someone coming here saying here here's a draw for you i would probably just take it and go from there but at the same time it would be so massively great to go there and actually go and win it for the first time in eight years um so i'm i'm Always a little bit nervous for it, and I probably will be more nervous coming up to kick off and all that. But at the time now, I'm just feeling like, come on, just go and get there and and you know give them a give them a game and just try to go and win it because we've got the players to do it. Obviously, they are massively like they are favourites and massively great as a, as a team. But I just fancy Liverpool for some reason. Yeah, and it's just that's just made me think of like when we um, when I came over for the live show in Sweden and we watched us play against City and we were f- like filled with confidence and then. It just didn't go to plan on the day. It was just like one of them horrific days. But I think, like you said, the new players that we've got, and I think, it, like I said, it's a massive, it's a massive test. But one that they'll, I'm sure, be very excited about. And it kind of leads us into, like, of course, like team news and stuff. And it was posted on the the Liverpool website today. Like, um, Liverpool squad has regrouped following the conclusion of the international break at the AXA Training Centre on Thursday. Uh, haven't missed the Reds' victory over Brentford last time out. Joe Gomez, Ryan Gravenberg, Curtis Jones and Ibrahim Kanate were among the players taking part in the session. They were joined by the South American contingent who have been on duty with their res- respective nations, uh, Alison Becker, Luis Diaz, Darwin Nunes and Alexis McAllister. So, 
again, like we've been missing a few players like the last couple of games, and I think you can. T- it is difficult to keep up the high levels when you're missing so many key players. Like last game, we're missing like Gomez and Canate, in addition to Jones and Gravenberg, and then the midfield's looking looking a little bit threadbare. We didn't have McAllister, so there was like a lot of like massive players there that are still getting to grips with playing with each other and stuff and performing really well. But if you're having games where they're not available and you're having to kind of throw people in and, and see what they're made of, and it sometimes isn't going to work. And that's kind of what we needed all these players back for this game. Because I think when we were going to the Brentford game, we were kind of like, no one, no Liverpool fans ever, or I guess most footy ones are never thinking, oh, thank God it's the international break. But that at that point, I was like, get a good win, get your players back, and then get one. That's kind of what, Liverpool have got now, so because we need that riches on the bench. Because I think last game, I think the average age was something crazy, like nineteen or twenty or something of the players on the bench. So the bench and the, and the starting eleven should be pretty stacked with all those players back. But what what are you thinking then for for this one? Because like I said, last game we were missing quite a few players, but I think it's it's. I mean, there's a few positions where I think, of course, in goal. Is going to be Alison Becker. I think the back four is the, I think the only contentious one for me anyway is left back because I think I would go Trent, I'd go Canate, I'd go Van Dyke, and I'd I'd probably uh, I don't know I, I don't know about left back because I think Simicast, <laughs> I think like we've said on the previous shows he had he's had a bit of a patchy season, but I think last game like two assists and he looked like. A lot better, so I don't know if you give him another go just to give him a bit of a more of a boost, or do you go Gomez to be a bit more conservative and a bit more defensive? I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, I, I'm thinking playing Brentford at home as a left back at Anfield, uh, even though he has had a few bad games before that. He, f- he found his feet a little bit, and he felt more, you know, felt more reliable, and that we could trust him, and he did a great job. You know, no doubt about that but it's a different thing playing at Anfield at home against Brentford and playing away against Man City with the quality they have so I'm also you know thinking if, if we get Gomez in there because obviously we, we tend to go a three at the back with Trent going up forward when we got the ball and going to try to be creative and and create chances um, and play our game but I'm thinking if we if we get Gomez at the left side as well we kind of lose a little bit of balance you know the thing is because we don't really have Trent then going, following like the sideline to get, you know, get out wide because he wants to come up central in the midfield. And if we get Tsimikas playing, then we've got the option to have someone running up and down that left side. But with Gomez, it's not the same kind of attack. It will be probably more, a little bit more holding back. Probably, obviously, running forward when there's an opportunity, but not in the same way and not with a natural left foot. And I'm a little bit, scared that that could be a very like there would be no balance in the way we would play we're using a wing uh if Trent does what he usually does going in the midfield because then we probably have to say that Trent you have to go wide in my opinion if, if Gomez is playing because we need something to stretch a bit we can't just keep everything in the middle so it, it is a tough one depending on how we want to play but at the same time you know if Timikas plays it's I would be a little bit nervous, but you know, sometimes when someone has a good game and they get the chance to play again, and they, you know, when uh, the manager during Klopp actually goes and say you play again because you did well last time, that you know, it gives a boost to self confidence, and you know, sometimes that just helps them to raise levels. We know that for sure, obviously. So it is a tough one. So I, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's however they choose to start in the 
you know, back four. It depends on the way we're gonna play, I guess. The match plan. Yeah, I'm just looking at the uh, the lineup that they chose for uh, Chelsea. So the I'll just say the front four because we're focused on the Liverpool defense. So the front four was, of course, Haaland up top. They had Doku on the left, Alvarez just behind them in the in the, in the ten position, basically, and then Foden on the on the right. So of of course, like inverted, so the wingers can cut in, and then you've got Alvarez picking up the spots and joining mm. up with Haaland up front as well. So yeah, I think that's why Canate. I've been, I've been surprised by how little he's played, but I guess that's trying to maintain his him, him staying fit. Of course, we need to maybe be a bit more sparing with his minutes in certain games just to make sure he stays fit because I think when we've had positions in some recent years where he, he has a few games and he gets injured, then he's out for two, a month or so, six weeks, and then he has to find his way back. So, But I feel like for this one with Doku, probably starting with that pace, maybe you go Canate just to... Because like I fancy Canate up against any any winger. Like if you, if you can contain Vinicius Junior, you can contain everyone. I believe I think that he's and Doku's yeah. got that ability and that pace that he can. He, I mean, he can very much worry Trent over on that side. So I'd be yeah. I'd be concerned about that to, to get Canate in there. And and then, yeah, I think Simicas. I mean, he, he yeah, it's 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 a, it's a difficult one because he's he has had a bit of a patchy. And I think we said on the drink and discuss show, like being first choice maybe is a bit different to what he's been used to since he's been at the club. So it's he's had to maybe try and take that in his stride a little bit more and just be like, just get on with it. Because I think when he's been second fiddle to Robbo and coming in, we've seen like good performances from him, but it's only been like now and again or maybe half an hour in games or starting games and coming off. And so he needs to build on that Brentford performance. And I'd like to see him start but I just I just feel like Klopp will go Gomez and maybe go a little bit more rigid just to maybe balance because of course the pace they've got with Doku and Haaland and whatever and yeah. if you've got Van Dijk, Canate and Gomez on the pitch you've got a hell of a lot of pace there to if you need to make any recovery challenges you've got a lot of, a lot of pace and power to to kind of make that happen but um, midfield then because of course like I just mentioned Gravenberg and Curtis Jones are going to be Hopefully back. I mean, it says they've, they've been part of, of the session, so I imagine they'll both be um, in contention to, to start, same as McAllister. So what are you thinking for for um, the midfield three? Because, I mean, just in, <laughs> a, in our little group chat, like there's people like putting 11s in and you're like, there's there's plenty of options in there, definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one as well uh, because of the international break. Uh, and, you know, for, for some players like Konate, for example, then an international break came as a, as a you know, relief for us because there's players being able to come back. Because if we were playing City like a week after Brentford, we probably wouldn't have the options. So, in one way, the international break was good for us. In another way, you know, you are scared that we lose a bit of rhythm when we, you know, winning 3 0 at home. You just want to keep on carry on playing because you're in that rhythm. Um, but yeah, that was good for us because we got players back. But midfield wise, I think it is difficult because last time, um, Alexis McAllister was away playing. Um, I can't remember if it was the last time or the, the time before that, but you know when he struggled coming back from from international duty, and we had to take him off <laughs> like early because he was just goosed, like he was gone. Um, I like to play him because I think he's, even though he's not the number six, and we know that, and we were talking about, and everyone is talking about that he's you know not a proper number six. I think he's still doing a good job, and he's good with the ball, and he's a clever player. 
Uh, he probably want to play up more uh, further up himself. Uh, but, you know, I think he's probably the best option to play in that position at the moment. So I probably yeah. see him start. And it, that's the thing. I'm just worried that the international break has taken its toll on him like it could have done on Darwin as well. We know that Darwin is full of energy and stuff. But, you know, playing those kind of games, doing great, and then coming back to the Premier League with all the travelling, and then obviously a 12.30 kickoff, it worries me a bit because... You could start him and think this is going to be great, and then you see like the first couple of five ten minutes, like fucking hell. You can see that they have been, you know, they have been away. They are tired because you can't help that. That's just something that comes with it. So, but midfield wise, I will go McAllister, and I, I will probably obviously go Sobosly, even though he, you know he's been away playing as well. Uh, and then I don't know about this, you know, their third spot because. It all depends. I would love to throw Graven Birch in there because I think he's been good when he's playing because he's also good with the ball, his pace, he's got, you know, qualities. But we don't I don't know how long he's been back training. Same with Curtis Jones. You know, there's energy there because they haven't been away on, on international duty playing for any international teams, uh, whatever level. So, you know, they might be just fresh to go, but I don't know how fit they are and how long they've been training fully and stuff. So it is a difficult one. Or we will just see the the normal like midfield that we that we always do. So uh, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, f- I feel like when you look at the um, Brentford one, like we were looking at, um, of course, now Jones and Gravenberg, we had Zobersly, Endo covering for McAllister, who was suspended. And then we had Gakpo over on that left-hand side. And I thought Gakpo done well in that game. I feel like he's, it's a good area of the field for him, I think, because he's, of course, he's played left wing quite a lot his previous teams and he's done that for national team and whatever and he's he's very adept over that, that left-hand side and I feel like having the ability to drop as deep as he wants pick up the ball pace and power and get on the ball he can be very effective there so I think Zobosly and McAllister pick themselves really um, and then it's like if I if everyone's fit and ready I, I would go Curtis Jones to be honest just because he's been he's been key i think he's been very influential in in trying to carry out the game plan as to the best that Klopp wants it because he's been at the club the longest he's proved himself in the last year beginning of this year he's obviously had some injury problems and in and out of the side with red cards and whatever which hasn't helped him because i always say he's very much a rhythm player he needs to play every game really or at least a part of every game just to so he keeps that momentum going um, because it always t- seems to take him a couple of games to get it back again, which is a bit unfortunate. But I think if he's fit, I'd go Jones just because we need players who are gonna. We need players that are gonna run everywhere in this game. Like yeah. they're, they're midfield, they're gonna. It seems it's gonna be Bernardo Silva and of course Rodri. They're gonna, of course, very very good players. Um, and we need to be on them and just making those fouls, keep keeping the ball as much as we can. But. Again, if you go Gravenberg, if you go Gakpo, there's there's plenty of options because if you then if you put Gakpo in there, you can then it frees up the number nine for for Darwin, and then those there's no big decision to make there. You can just put them yeah. have them both Ma- in. So I, I, I like, but then away to City, it's a, a yeah, it's, a, that's it's my a concern. Tough, it's a little bit tough. too offensive. <laughs> it's, a, it's 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 a big call. That's that's yeah. the thing, but. It just yeah. depends, like how those sessions go, like you said, and who's um, who's properly available. But that, like the little um, interview Curtis Jones did with like the um, official Liverpool podcast. I don't know if you've seen that, but I haven't watched it all yet. But I've saw some clips, and he's like talking. Like, I love listening to Curtis Jones talk because it's not like he's not the he's boring, very honest, like, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's it's not the boring like media train. Like, oh yeah, we're just doing it for the team. Every game's next game is is the only one that counts and whatever, and that's fine and whatever. But he's always like, and he mentioned something like, if we play the best we can, 
no one can get anywhere near us. And like he's like, if you want to play technical, we can we can be better than you. If you want a dog fight, we can do that as well. And I want to I want to see that more from Curtis Jones. I want to see him getting involved in tackles more because we know he's got technical ability and, and an engine and carrying the ball and a strike on him and, and, and assisting him. But I want to see that tenacity. I want to see a bit more of that in his game. And of course, he's still young, so. I want to see that a little bit more going forward. So that's why I'd, I would pick him if it if that if it was everyone was fit and ready to go. I think he I think he is still first choice. And as good as Gravenberg's been, and he has been, I think I can't remember what game it was, but he was our, one of our best players in the midfield, and and everyone was fit. Um, I think actually it was the the Luton game, weren't it? Where we were just weren't at the races. Gravenberg was one of the very. I think it was only him and Van Dijk really that came out of that game with any credit. So he has yeah. performed in, in in games that we've needed them to. But I just feel like Jones pips. Pips as 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 pips them to the post. I think for for first choice and in in this type of game away from home as well. Yeah, and also obviously because of experience playing these kind of games, being you know a Liverpool lad that's been playing in the team for a long time now. To be honest, even though he hasn't been a starter all the time, but he knows what it's all about. He knows the importance of it. Gravenberch obviously understands it, but he's very new, and he's also young. Um, so I I totally get where where you're going with. It. Curtis Jones, and I'm I'm not saying I'm not against that. To be honest, it depends on his fitness, obviously. But I I think it's very important to you know stress that he's very good with putting pressure on the opponents as well. So like you said, we need people to be able to run, and with a midfield with someone like Curtis Jones in the in the further positions up on the midfield, with them we get the legs, and we get you know someone who will always put pressure up two that will always put pressure, and then obviously with Alexis behind them. So it's it's three players that is good with the ball, technical ability that can create stuff and can run. Uh, my only concern is. Is it a little bit unbalanced as well? Do you know what I mean? Like with physicality, we know that Sobosla has got the physicality abilities in his way of playing. He's he's got it all. Like he's a package of everything, really. Curtis Jones is not as strong, even though he's had obviously he, he's getting stronger by time because you know he's been growing. He's still young, but you know he's doing like Trentos, you know, doing his muscle for stuff in the gym and all that. You can you can tell that you work on that as well to be able to play in the Premier League and keep that level. You need to get muscles, but at the same time, Alexis, is, you know, small one, so he need to tr- he need to trust his ability with the ball and technical skills and being quick in his head. So I'm just thinking that's why I was thinking you know Gravenberg's getting in there because he's tall, he's big, and we need bodies in as well if we're playing against Rodri. So it is a tif- difficult you know, choice for Jurgen Klopp because it depends on what City puts out there and how we want to balance it the way we're going to play because it all depends on the match game. If we're going out there just to fucking run and try to run all over them, Curtis Jones will be this, you know, probably the, the choice for me as well. But if you want to go out there to be more controlled and win win the second balls and actually, you know, cover space, then Gravenberg could be the option because it's a little bit more of a, um, you know, what do you call it? Like, a, like obviously a big lad in that sense. But it's a difficult one, depending on how you want to play. So, but we've got the options, which is the you know positive part of it. But we we never know until we're gonna you know see the starting lineup, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think there's always like you can always. I think it's it's getting harder and harder to predict the the more with games we're seeing, like which is good league. though. Yeah, I mean like the open league and cup games, and you're yeah. seeing these players coming and have an impact. Then you then they then they force themselves into the reckoning a little bit more, and you're like, well, if they do get thrown in. Like I saw someone in the group chat, I can't remember, but like, oh, what about Kwanzaa? Like, throw Kwanzaa in? And I was like, that might be a bit premature, like, for a game like this. But, like, if you did, I'd re- I'd be confident he could he could do well. And yeah. it's, that, yeah. it's having that, like, um, 
trust in like the players to, to kind of um, carry out the, the game plan and stuff. Um, but yeah, let, let's move to front three then, because of course Mo Salah is the machine, and he will of course be starting right wing. Um, Darwin Nunes, yeah, I expect him to start. I just like what you said with the South Americans and stuff. Like sometimes he comes back with a few leg cramps because of course he runs his ass off for us. He goes over to. South America runs his ass off for them as well and scores loads of goals and whatever. And he, he does like those long sprints. He does those quite often for us and he does the same for Uruguay. So he does he is prone to getting those like, mu- I guess, muscle injuries or muscle cramps and stuff like that where he's overexerting himself a little bit more than maybe he should be. But that's the type of fella that he is and that's why you want him in your team every week. So I feel like he has to start this one just because... Um, well, I mean, what what do you think? Do you, could we could we go Gakpo and be a bit more? I guess because you could you could go right. We're gonna go. We're gonna go Gakpo because he can drop that drop a bit deeper. You can sit on Rodri. You can sit on Bernardo. We can try and cause a bit of mayhem in there and and allow like maybe in the old in the I say the olden days where Bobby would drop in and we allow Mane and Salah to run to run riot. Do you do you throw Gakpo in there to sit on them? And get get the ball, maybe get a few free kicks around the box because we know he's capable of that. And um, we saw that in um previous game where Rodri should have got sent off, uh, where Gakpo just leaves him for dead. So we know he's capable of it. Um, and then do you allow Salah and Diaz or Jota to to go and do the thing? It's, there's a, again more questions. Yeah, I think I just you know from the back of form and you know the the back of international duty, you know Darwin Nunez is a. Uh... Uh, you know, it's it's no doubt for me for him to start play because I think the way we also seen the goals he scored for Uruguay, you know, it's proper striker goals. You know, it's it's brilliant to see, and we just we just can't wait for him to just keep on scoring them for us because we know, yeah, we know that he misses some and stuff, and he has done since he arrived. But you know, as soon as he starts scoring the same kind of goals for us as he does for Uruguay, we will keep on scoring loads and loads. So I don't see, you know, I. I you can always argue that you know if he coming if he's coming on from the bench like in the 60th minute and you know we've been playing good then we got the chance to keep him you know with his energy to play for the last half an hour or whatever to have an impact yeah you can argue about that but i think it's a waste to you know not have that talent of a football player on the pitch from the start because city will want to have to go forward playing at home you know trying to win this game by being the uh, team that you know controls it that goes forward and will be um, trying to create loads of chances. I don't think they will have, will ever at home, even if it's against us, sit back and even if they are good in controlling games, but, you know, they will go forward. That will op- obviously open space for us to have a counter-attack as well. And that's when you want to have Darwin Nunes because if the if the right ball comes into space behind their defensive line, he's there. And, you know, then we can, you know, I can't say we can trust him 100% to score because we've seen that. But, you know, the way he's been playing now recently, I think, you know, the self-confidence and the form is in. You can't keep him out of a starting eleven. It's just the way it is. And then it's a question of play on the left side. I think I think Jota kind of deserved to, you know, start as well. He scored in the last game. I think he's a clever player as well. So that's a little bit of a mix. Uh, we got the speed in Nunez. We got the speed in Salah still. And we would have the speed and energy from Luis Diaz if he played to the left. But I think with Jota, maybe we got a little bit more of a, like I mentioned it before, like a clever football player on that side who can, can think score. in a different yeah, yeah, and think if, in a different way. Just not just being like Luis Diaz, more of a mad South American as we know they are. They would be more like direct, go straight on them, try to, you know, go past them and do a little bit of whatever, you know, to just 
like go through them if you like like Luis Suarez used to, used to do for us that's this kind of mentality they got but I think with Jota it's more of thinking more and being more like I guess having the ball it's more of a sense of trying to understand the game when he's not having the ball actually analyzing the game from He's just just the way he comes across for me. Like he's one of a, like a think of the game. He knows what to do. Yeah. He learns how the defenders act and all that. He sees the uh, the you know the, the things that they are not you know the, the weaknesses or whatever. Um, so I think maybe that could be a clever start to have him on the left hand side with Darwin Nunes in the middle and Salah to the right. And then obviously even what the score are, then we can bring on Luis Diaz for the last twenty minutes on Jota's play because we need someone with legs. We need someone that comes in a little bit mad. And we know that he's got goals in him. So. That could be a clever start instead of having three, or well, Salah's not the same kind of, but you know, to have Darwin and Luis Diaz could be a little bit too much in, you know, in terms of, you know, being a little bit mad up front. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I like the way of maybe Jota being more controlled, and that's a good mix with the other two. So I don't mind that kind of start uh, for Jota. <laughs> every time I hear someone say, I don't mind, I just think of that now. I don't mind it. <laughs> Every every time, yeah, even I when I'm in like I'm wet, whatever, I'm just like in my head, like, I don't mind it. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Like Jota, I think he's in his favour as well. Like like you said, he can score from. So again, like I said, if we get a free kick around the box, if we get a corner, he can he, he pops up with goals. Like sometimes I think the criticism we've had is like he's not in the game enough. Like he's not involved or whatever. But he's very good at just being like, right, I've not been involved, but I'm going to score here. And if and he he has got the knack for scoring the first goal as well. So. And in a game like this, it's key. We need we need that, if possible. I know how hard it's going to be, but if we can get an early a goal in the first half an hour, even in the first half, and Jota manages to get it, just to give yourself a little a little bit of a boost, and then you can kind of build from it. Because even if then it, it's one one, it's always just better to get yourself in front. Of course, that's just like boring and obvious to say, but you know what I mean. Like and Jota's like that type of guy who can he's capable of just getting a little nick on a shot or just not hitting it right and it goes in and off the post or he's got that control finish. Like when he's through on goal, you'd expect him to score. I feel like that's what can frighten a defence because like you can't allow him to be one-on-one because he's more often than not going to hit the back of the net by whatever means necessary. Yeah. Scored, you saw the goal he scored last game where he yeah. was proper incisive and cut inside and scored. So exactly. he's got every available finish in the locker. So yeah, and again, Lewis Diaz coming back from South America, I think that goes against them a little bit. Because and and I think Diaz sometimes in games like this, where if you can come off the bench and you see Diaz getting getting strip ready to come on and sit on sixty, and Kyle Walker's like, oh fucking hell, like got got to look after this yeah. fella now as well for half an hour. Like it's a difficult and, um, it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah, and also even though it's sold now with his family and stuff, there's still it's still just very new, you know. So even though that's sold, he can. You know, let go of that and go forward and move forward. I think it's still something that you know probably affects someone so much. It's just not something you just forget. It's still you know uh, the feeling of going through that kind of stuff. You can't really say how that feels before you're actually in that situation. You know, which you never want to be in. <laughs> so I think it's good to maybe slow start him a bit from after that. Now during the last period of this year and then you know I, i'm sure we start you know for example maybe start against the lask in the game after in the europa league and all that i'm not you know if it's if it yeah. doesn't start now but i just think you know in these kind of important games it's good to just don't put any pressure and stress on him because he just went through that like in a personal sense so 
it's good if Jota can start because of form and also be, you know, being available in another way because he hasn't been away playing in South America like Luis Diaz. So if he can come on to cause a little bit of chaos in the end, that's good for us. And like I said, it's good for options. And if he starts, obviously, then we've got Jota to come on and we've got Gakpo to maybe come on. So we've got the options and that's the positive thing about this Liverpool side that we actually got quality players who can actually come in and have an impact on games nowadays. Yeah, definitely. It's massive, massively important for, especially not not just this game, but going for, I mean, not I'm not going to mention like challenging for Premier League titles at this early stage and whatever, but like trying to get finish as high as we can and going far in cup competitions and having the ability to interchange quality with quality because I think that's something that we've not had in the in the past. The drop down from the first the first three lads or the first 11 or whatever down to the bench is it wasn't ever as good so I think we're starting to get a little bit more of that on the side and hopefully we can do a bit more of it in the future with a few more transfers and stuff in certain areas like you said the six and whatever if McAllister um, gets someone in maybe in January or the summer or whatever I don't know um, but yeah we're going to discuss the Anfield Road stand but I just thought we'd wrap this up the Man City bit up with, with score prediction the, the best part of the show and the, sh- the bit that everyone hangs on for with bated breath waiting for us to predict wrongly well actually or rightly in your case going 3-1 every week what do you think oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) well this one is very difficult because I always fancy Liverpool it's just in my DNA (laughs) but um glass half full rather than glass half empty yeah yeah but I'm just thinking as well like away playing Man City is probably the toughest opponents in the league in terms of playing away um, and also, obviously, they have been struggling and, you know, conceded a few goals. But I always hope for a win, obviously, but I go for a draw and I would probably say 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, It's just a yeah. feeling. I don't, I don't want it, but I want us to win 3-1 or 4-1 or whatever. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a dream kind of, you know, that if that happens, it will be a party for two days. But, you know, I just get the feeling there it will be goals, but we managed to actually see it through as a draw. And, you know, I, I'll take that. Yeah, I put in a group earlier. Um, I don't think anyone in the, gr- in, the, in the group chat has said a win for Liverpool. I think everyone's done a draw, of course. I haven't, I haven't seen many. I have to check them. I haven't. I have, I have seen a few, and I've seen like a couple of draws, but it's I haven't seen draws, anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, I, I said to Paul's organising the, the group chat, and I would say if you want to join the group chat, yeah, just send us a message on Instagram or Twitter at Copy Podcast if you want to join. You're more than welcome. Um, but I said to Paul, like, me, me heart is saying 2 1 to Liverpool. But my head saying two two, so yeah. now I have to make the decision right now: do I go with you or do I go risky and be the only fucking person in the group who's being like proper positive and just go Liverpool two one and pray that Darwin Nunes just as an absolute blinder and ah, uh, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go Liverpool two one. I mean, it's, yeah, go for it. Fuck it, why not? I feel like two two or one. I score draws like probably so like odds on like one one or two two is probably odds on, but. Why not? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for. Hopefully, if like I said Darwin Nunes comes back, and if if we get a Darwin Nunes on, even if he's not on top form, he's he's capable of like scoring goals or assisting or just like you said, the spacing behind. I think City always tend to slightly change how they play when they play us because of the, mm. of the dangers that we've got. But I feel like once they're pressing high up, if we've got balls in behind and you've got yeah, Nunes up against the likes of Ache or Guardiola or yeah, stones like there's, there's no one, there's no one able to. I mean, the only person maybe in their backline that could keep, maybe keep up with Darwin Nunes is Carl Walker, and if he's wide right, then 
um, Darwin Nunes only has to go a bit more central, a bit, a bit over on the right hand side, and he's and he's in, and he's got a lot of pace to get in behind. So I am yeah. excited to see how they handle that. Um, hopefully Darwin's properly fired up. So yeah, I am going to be a proper positive top red bastard and go t- and go two one. Um, That's good. Two one to the Reds. Two one. Yeah. Um, where where are you going to go and watch the game? We're going out or? Uh, yeah. So. Um, I was I was trying to get a ticket for for this one, but I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be in going town to watch you, uh, one of my mates, and usual place in town. I won't I won't tell you tell you where cause it's just a bit. I don't want to don't want to don't want to big places up in, in town or whatever. But yeah, I'll be a, be a, just a, a random bar in in town. Well, I actually haven't picked where I'm gonna go yet. To be honest, just gonna go and have a, have a few bevies. But I do like I, I hate the thoughts of early kickoffs before. They've happened, but when you like you get up and you like Saturday morning, you're like, right, the Reds are on soon, and you then you have, get into town, you have a few pints and whatever, and you watch it. It's like it's again, it, it's better when you win, of course. If you get beat or whatever, you're like, right, it's fucking it's easy excuse just to have one more pint or two more than train home, <laughs> or you or you like drown your sorrow, stay out even later. But if you if you get a good result, then like the half five kickoff, and you can watch that, and you, there's no stress because your game's over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Fingers. I mean, you're. Where are you off to? You're off to Stockholm, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to Stockholm to uh, watch the game at the pub with a few mates. So I'm staying overnight. So, well, you know, whether it's going to be a, a win or a draw or a loss, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna still gonna go out, I guess. Yeah, but hammered. it's yeah. Well, I don't know about hammered, but uh, you know, if if we win, <laughs> there's nothing can stop me, can you know, so. not, not stopping you, lad. Liverpool win that no. game. No, that's the thing. Like, but yeah, so it's uh, I've never been before to that pub. So it's a friend of mine is a Liverpool supporter as well, living in Stockholm. So I said I'd come up and he said, just join the group that goes to this pub. And I said, Yeah, cool. And Oliver, who you met, will come as well because he lives in Stockholm, another friend of mine who I lived with in, in Stoke. Um so it, that yeah, it's gonna be good. Um but yeah, you should uh, you could you could text Jacob, Swedish lad, because uh, I think he said he's going out to watch a game in town with a friend. Uh, oh, yeah. In Liverpool, obviously. So, yeah, I've already, I've, already, I've already got that on the on the horizon because he messaged me the other week to say he's going to watch it, but um, yeah, yeah, didn't end up going in the end. But yeah, I'll give it, I'll give him a shout. Um, so yeah, that's kind of concludes the um the city chat. But I just wanted to finish off with the news that came out in, in the last couple of hours, really, about the um Anfield Road stand. So Liverpool have posted on the website. Um, that it's confirmed the next milestone in the planned phased opening of the new and expanded Anfield Road stand. The upper tier is the new main, is the is. Let me get my teeth back in fucking hell. The upper tier of the new stand will be partially open for the upcoming fixture against Man United on December the seventeenth. Will several will several thousand general admission seats expected to be available to supporters? This is subject to an internal emergency conditions test. Blah 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 blah. So again, so it's. I mean, we wanted, of course, for it to happen way sooner, but it looks like it's starting to get along the way to being, of course, like what we want it to be, like up to the full maximum capacity. Because then we, we've got a, several thousand more people in, in the ground to make their voices heard and stuff. So, um, another, I get, I get, like I said, a, a slower step than we'd have liked at this stage, but a step in the right direction for it to be finally completed. So, a, a good sign. Yeah, it is because um, I listened to I listened to the the late challenge with Gareth Robertson, uh, 
Paul Cope. Um, you, should, actually, you, should, you should get commission, you know, you know, because you mention it that often. <laughs> it should be like, there you go, lad. It's your twenty quid. <laughs> yeah, but the, but it is it is a very good show if you just like obviously Liverpool, but also talk about anything really. You know, it's a it's a good show. But uh, you know, in, when it comes to Liverpool, I like their opinions. It's very, you know, um, what do you call it? logical and very sensible. I like that because it's not anything stupid, and I, I appreciate it. And I hope that we come across like that as well, you know, uh, being positive about things and talking about things in a very, I would say, sensible way, trying to analyse things in a sensible way, and they do. And uh, Gareth said something about, you know, it's very weird to be in the cop and look over towards that stand and see, like, no people. like Because you've always seen it before. Uh, So I think, you know, and I I, I get what it means, even though like last time I was over when I I met up with you and went to the Derby, couldn't see that place because we were up that high in main stand. But obviously being in the Cup so many times before, I totally get it because you're so used to see the crowd and it's just a way of feeling that it's actually miss Like people are not in 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 a stadium like that. They mentioned as well. It get the feeling that, you know, it's actually not full. It's not that important. You know what I mean? It kind of, gets maybe a reaction from from the crowd around that it's something missing there and that can actually affect the 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 atmosphere and stuff so it's a good thing that they actually try now to maybe having a bit of it sold so they can get more people in and you know very important games as well so if that's a step for you know forward in the right direction to to actually complete it i'm i'm very much looking forward to it to whether it will be watching on tv or the first time i'm over again to actually see the full stadium i'm i'm excited because i guess the level of atmosphere the level of noise and actually knowing that you know over 60,000 people is actually inside anfield will be quite cool so yeah, looking forward to them getting the right steps and actually get more people in there because we need we need it as well. We know that you know that the way the team play kind of affects the way the the atmosphere goes and the, and the other way around. It's a very important thing for us because that's the the connection and bond that the the uh, the people in the stands have with the team and the other way around. Yeah, and especially like the the fact that it's Man United as well. I feel like that's yeah. quite deep, that that's quite massive. Like especially that game, like everyone's going to be up for it anyway. But if you've got more people in there. It can only benefit us, and yeah, I can't, yeah, I'm looking forward to that game actually. Just to, um, yeah, give them another hide, and hopefully, it'll be lovely. Um, right, well, well, we'll leave it there, lad. Thanks very much for jumping on. Like I always say, appreciate everyone listening. Um, and yeah, again, apologies for not doing a show for a, for a couple of weeks, but we will keep on the grind of doing these shows because, of course, we love chatting about the Reds, and of course, the drink and discuss show, which we'll do next week, um, and then hopefully every week from that i think we've done it every week apart from this week so we've done two yeah. so far so we're doing we're doing all right we're keeping on track with the one a week but just hasn't happened but, this yeah this we try to we you know can't say it 100 we'd try to <laughs> yeah we did we tried don't worry we did try yeah um but yeah next week with a guest and then following on from that we're trying to get it we're trying to have a guest every week of course we're not gonna string a guest along for two hours like we did last time and just be like smash drinking whiskey and getting us some whatever we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll limit them once to an hour but when it's just me and me and Christian will will definitely do at least an hour and a half just chatting about sprouts and fucking <laughs> random shit. That Christmas food. Right, yeah, we're out of here. Nice one, Christian. Nice one, everyone, for listening. And yeah, we'll see you all very soon. Nice one. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Cop Eye Podcast.
Social Podcast Network.